It's January 18, 2024. Time for episode 254 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B, the Thursday edition of the podcast. So we got some, uh, looks like we got some heavy weather coming in again. So the DMV, we got smacked around with a little snow uh, early in the week uh, on Monday and the Tuesday and uh, a lot of snow on the ground. But it looks like we're about to get some more tomorrow, so I think I'm probably going to put this episode to bed today, a day early. No dubs and L's today. We'll pick up with dubs and L's next, hopefully, on the next Friday episode, the actual Friday episode next week. But let's start with the NFL. Your wild card winners from the weekend, the Texans. C.J. Stroud becomes the youngest quarterback to win a playoff game. The Chiefs, the Packers, the Detroit Lions, they get their first playoff win since 1991. The Bills and the Buccaneers. The Bucks win big, 32-9 over the Eagles. But if I had one game that was the, I guess, the quote-unquote shock from the weekend because, you know, first of all, I took the Browns over the Texans. I kind of feel like that was kind of the consensus pick for many. Um, and I guess I thought of it as, you know, here you have a Browns team that, seem to have stability at quarterback. Not to say that C.J. Stroud is not stable at quarterback, but I kind of felt like the Browns, it's like they'd been there before. It felt that way. But anyway, but shout out to them. They played a great game. Um, But the big one was the Packers over the Cowboys. Now that one, now I don't do locks on this show. I I don't think I ever have. And I kind of played with doing locks one time, but I don't, you know, locks are a weird thing because, you know, uh, unless you're one of those people who are really into, you know, betting and, you know, the money line and all that stuff, which I, I don't I give you the lines, but I don't get all into the the analytics and, oh, well, if you're going to bet your money, put it here. There are people who are really good at that. And I applaud them. I'm not even as savvy as as I would like to be. But the Cowboys or the Packers just felt good. Like out of all the picks I had. I'm going, come on, Dallas got to at least get back past Green Bay. So that put into that put things into a lot of question for uh, Dallas. And, of course, the question was Mike McCarthy. Would Mike McCarthy be back as the head coach for Dallas? And after a couple days, it was announced yesterday that Mike McCarthy will return to Dallas for the 2024-25 season. And, you know, for some reason or, or, or somehow I feel like Dallas is, I want to say they're convinced he's the guy, but I feel like it's not so much they're convinced. They're kind of thinking, okay, here's your last chance to get this right. The fan base, on the other hand, I mean, they're just going to have to suffer through this another year. I know the fans want to change. Um, they're angry, and rightfully so. And, and of course, you know, there was the nice, wasn't as many videos this time, but there were the nice collection of cowboy fans destroying their televisions, which I'm going, hope you didn't get that TV for Christmas. But anyway, but those are always um, sadly entertaining that uh, we, we get these videos. But I mean, I understand passion sports, but I don't think I would ever be that passionate about a team losing that I would break my shit. That's just me, but but nevertheless, everyone, look, I'm not, I'm not uh, emotion shaming here. I just say, hey, you know, if that's how you express your anger, fine. But I kind of feel like property damage should not be included in your anger. But whatever. Um, let's go to the coaching news before we do our divisional picks. 
Um, we, we, we mentioned Mike McCarthy. Um, the Chargers, they have spoken with Jim Harbaugh about their head coaching vacancy. And really, that kind of makes sense. I mean, in some degree, from a sentimental standpoint, Harbaugh played for the Chargers. But, you know, here, I feel like any team that speaks of Harbaugh, I think is going to get a good coach. Now, Atlanta, they've spoken with Bill Belichick, and the latest news is they're inviting him back for a second interview. So, I don't know, man. It might be Belichick time in Atlanta. And, again, Twitter, you guys are always so good about giving the – the, the, the comedic perspective to it. So somebody kind of tweeted out something to the point where, well, we're we going to see um, Belichick, uh, you know, calling Quavo and all of them. And, you know, it's it, it was I don't remember the tweet, but it was hilarious because I'm going, wow, Belichick in Atlanta. That's going to be some wild, you know what, right there. Um, Mike Tomlin, <laughs> this was the best video of the weekend. Um, Tomlin was doing his postgame presser. Uh, after uh, Pittsburgh loses to uh, Buffalo, and I believe it was uh, was in Rappaport. I can't think of his first name, but anyway, football NFL reporter basically was starting this question about what about your future in Pittsburgh. And as soon as the first three four words, I think Ian Rappaport, the first three or four words of that sentence came out of Tomlin's mouth. Tomlin like looked left and walked straight out of the room. Freaking hilarious. I mean, I'm just like, there you go. Tomlin's like, look, I, in other words, I think coaches sometimes hate, I'm, I'm pretty sure they hate answering that question. So, oh, what do you think about your future? And they have to kind of take the deep breath and kind of go, well, you know, and kind of say what they got to say, get off their chest, you know. I mean, in some cases, you know, for some coaches, it's pretty obvious they're getting fired, but they've got to address the question. Sometimes coaches just kind of go, well, it's just up to the owner. It's going to be what it's going to be. And sometimes coaches get kind of a little ornery about it. And I don't blame them. But Tomlin's like not doing this and just walks straight out of the room. So, uh, you know, hey, um, what, what do you say to that? I, not much. I mean, hey, I, I'm I'm with it. I mean, I thought it was funny. And, and like I said, Tomlin won't hear for your BS. So, I, hey, man, I, I again, I hope they keep him. I mean, again, this team willed itself to the playoffs when it wasn't looking good. Now, first round exit isn't what you want, but they got to the playoffs. This could have gone much worse than what it did. All right, so let's look at the divisional round picks. So we start Saturday, 4.30, ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Plus. The Texans visit M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The Ravens are nine-point favorites. I like the Ravens here. I really feel the Ravens are the team to beat here, just across the board. I think the Ravens are the team to beat. I, I honestly feel like um, – I'll say this in a second because my next pick will depend upon this – 8-15 on Fox. The Packers head to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The 49ers are 10-point favorites. I like the 49ers over the Packers. So two things here. Number one, if the Packers pull an upset, there's something happening here. But I really feel like the winners of these two Saturday games are going to be in the Super Bowl. I feel like this is going to be Ravens 49ers. And, hey, they played in Super Bowl a few years ago, and I believe wasn't Harbaugh the coach of the 49ers then? conspiracy it's all come together you 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 see it sunday we start 3 p.m on on nbc the buccaneers head to detroit to take on the lions the lions are six point favorites i'm gonna take detroit the 
the the the Lions continue their march towards the Super Bowl. 6:30 CBS Chiefs head to Buffalo to take on the Bills to an half point favorite. So hopefully, uh, it won't be ten feet of snow in Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, things will be back to normal, burning tables, beating people up, or whatever the heck they do in the parking lot prior to the game. But this, I think, of the four games is the toughest one to call because I can kind of see or make an argument for both teams. I like the Bills' chances, and I like the Chiefs' chances. I'm going to go with the Chiefs here. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm I don't know what I'm basing this on. I, I feel like I'm basing it more on the experience, although compared to where the Chiefs were last year, winning this thing, of course, where they have been, they aren't the same team. I mean, they're still the same team, but they're not the same team. If that makes sense. So Bills might win it. I'm going to pick the Chiefs. I think if they win it, this will be a close game. I think of the four games, I feel like, this might be the closest game. Uh, yeah, I think this will be the closest of the four games moving into uh, the, uh, championship, uh, uh, the championship games on next weekend. So we'll see how that goes. Let's move over to college football. So, Kalen DeBoer. I mean, I did my Saban episode, and I said my piece about it, and Kalen DeBoer was hired as the new co- head coach at Alabama. Washington attempt- attempted to keep him by doubling his salary. So the math... As it goes, DeBoer, I don't know the what he's getting in Alabama. However, Washington will get $12 million. That is DeBoer's buyout. Ryan Grubb. So of the list of successors at Washington, Ryan Grubb, many people thought he would get promoted. Grubb basically said that, number one, he wasn't offered the job. But secondly, so I read these two reports separate of each other. I read initially that, uh, Grubb was going to join DeBoer in Tuscaloosa as the OC. Now, remember, Washington has had the top-ranked offense for the last two years. So, of course, you would want your guy with you. Grubb, in a separate report, basically said that he was not offered the position. So what ended up happening was Washington went out and targeted Arizona head coach Jed Fish. He was targeted within about uh, about 14, well, 24, 36 hours later, he was named head coach. He got a seven-year deal, about $7.75 million per year. So from that money, he owes Arizona $5.5 million. Um, Arizona currently, and I don't have the update on this, so we'll have to update this on the next show. Arizona is targeting Brent Brennan, head coach at San Jose State. In four years, Brennan is 26 and 19. He's gone to three bowls with the Aztecs. Now, his link here, he was a grad assistant at Arizona in 2000 under head coach, then head coach Dick Tomey, who is Arizona's all-time leading winner with 95 wins, and he worked under him at San Jose State University. So my thought here is by this time that he is probably the target and probably the guy, but we'll update that on our next program. Um. Speaking of Arizona, Arizona quarterback Jaden Deloria out the door after his head coach leaves. He has transferred to Texas State. Ohio State, so this is kind of more administrative news. They hired Texas A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork to replace retiring longtime Athletic Director Gene Smith. So Gene Smith has been at OSU, I believe, about 18 years, something to that number. I don't remember top of my head, but... 
the thinking was in searching for them. So the initial report when I wrote the show and then since then it has become official was that they were targeting him. Now, the thing about Gene Smith, his athletic director career has been long and storied. I mean, Ohio State has won multiple championships under his watch. Um, but he has mentored and has had a number of current working athletic directors underneath his tutelage. So a lot of people thought that new university president Ted Carter, uh, I'm sorry, they thought that the hiring direction was going to go towards one of these names. So folks like Pat Chun at Washington State, Heather Like at Pitt, uh, Diana Sabau at uh, Utah State, and Martin Jarman at UCLA. However, new president, new university president Ted Carter, and uh, going with Ross Bjork kind of gets a new start, kind of gets somebody who doesn't, you know, not necessarily is Gene Smith, but kind of is not in his, you know, his uh, um, his uh, athletic director tree, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, so Bjork has had a long uh, history in the AD game. So before he took the job at Texas A&M, he was the AD at Ole Miss and Western Kentucky. One other transfer of note. So this is kind of a, a big name that was still out there. Cam Ward from Washington State. He commits to Miami. So if you think about Cam Ward and what he does, so he can he's a dual threat. He runs, he throws. So Miami kind of gets to add a little bit of a wrinkle to their offense by having Cam Ward being able to run the football. And he runs very well. So uh, Miami kind of gets a threat at the quarterback position. So now the question is, what does Miami do to kind of really, again, get back into the conversation here in the ACC and even on the national stage? So we're seeing how Washington did it. So when DeBoer was there, they really utilized the transfer portal really well to create this team that goes to the national title game and falls short against Michigan. Let's move over to horse racing. So it's the beginning of the year. We're in January where, damn, this month is almost over, but we are roughly about four months away from the, from the Kentucky Derby. So that will be the first Saturday in May. That'll be May 4th. So the news here is the Derby has increased their purse to $5 million. This will be the richest Kentucky Derby in history. So that is an increase in the current purse of 67%. So the way this breaks down is the winner will get 3.1 million, second place will get 1 million, third place 500,000, fourth place 250,000 and fifth place $150,000. So sure you win it, you get a nice chunk of the pie, but even if you get fifth place, that's six figures, so not a bad payday for coming in at least fifth in the derby. Top 4, you get some a little bit of nice change too. Um, the Preakness, as we know, will run on May 18th. So that'll be the second jewel of the Triple Crown. So that will be in Baltimore at Pimlico Park. The Preakness, the, I'm sorry, the Belmont Stakes, rather. Belmont Park is being renovated. So the Belmont Stakes will be June 8th. They will run that at Saratoga Park. The renovation is expected to last in the 2025. So as of right now, the report was written a little weird. But Saratoga is next year's and potentially the year after. So we might get two Belmont Stakes run at Saratoga Park. Belmont Park was last renovated in 1967. So this is long overdue for the venerable uh, racing, horse racing uh, uh, arena here. Um, the length of the race. So because of Saratoga's 
uh, track and its shape, the length of the race could change. Remember that the Preakness, I'm sorry, the Belmont is the longest of the three races. So now instead of being one and a half miles, it'll be one and a quarter miles. And I think during the COVID year, they shortened the race to I think a mile in a mile and eighth or something like that. So it has been shortened before, but to account for Saratoga's uh, shape there, put their, they are potentially looking to um, uh, change the length of the race. The North American graded stakes committee has to approve the distance change and Belmont Park will host the race again in 2026. Let's move over to college basketball. The AP top 10 for week 11 for the ladies. Number one remaining South Carolina, 36 first place votes up a spot to two is Iowa up two spots to three is Colorado uh, down up one up two spots to four is NC State down three spots to five is UCLA six through 10 up three to six is USC up five spots to number seven is Kansas State. Holding at eight is Stanford, up, up four spots to nine is UConn, and down three spots to number 10 is LSU. Your move is this week. Up six spots to number 15 is Florida State. Down eight spots to number 12 is Baylor. Out this week, West Virginia and Oregon State is your top vote getter this week. Um, the in the I don't think anyone was into the poll this week. I didn't make any notes because uh, I think everyone held for the most part. Um, one note here, a note and a thought here. So I see Kansas State and Stanford at seven and eight. And then I thought, man, wouldn't it be a great matchup knowing that they are in different conferences, but, you know, kind of looking forward to the NCAA tournament. What if we saw at some point, maybe a regional final, who knows a final four, Aoka Lee versus Cameron Brink. Man, you want to talk about a classic matchup of two bigs going at it. I would love to see that matchup. You know, uh, both of them have their own uh, style, their own way of playing the game. But, I mean, Aoka Lee is a scoring machine. Cameron Brink can do a little bit of everything. She plays on the inside, outside, and blocks shots very well. So that would be a great uh, matchup between those two. Um, one note from the top 20, from the top 10 and this is, involves Stanford head coach Tara Vanderveer. Coach Vanderveer currently has 1,201 wins. She sits one victory shy of tying Coach K for all-time wins in all of college basketball. Let me say that again. She stands one win away from tying Coach K for all-time wins in college basketball. So she had an opportunity last week. Didn't happen. She can tie the record on Friday night with a win versus Oregon and can break the record over a win uh, win over Oregon State on Sunday. So we'll keep an eye on that to see if Tara Vanderveer uh, this weekend or at some point this season breaks the record and becomes the all-time winningest head coach in all of college basketball. Let's move to the action from this past week. So just to remind you, all the rankings are for last week's action leading up until Monday were last week's ranks. Iowa State over number four, Baylor, 66-63. And number 12, Kansas State over number 10, Texas, 61-58. So that was a really good game, that K-State-Texas game. So that was kind of the game to kind of see, you know, where the balance of power is shifting in the Big 12. And I'm going to keep it real with you. Big 12 women's basketball is looking really good right now. There are some really good matchups, some good teams. I feel like there's been some upsets. I feel like this conference 
it, it's kind of wide open. I mean, of course, you got Baylor. Of course, you got Texas, Kansas State. As we said, they just moved in the top 10 this year, uh, th- this week. Um, I'd have to go digging to see if they've ever been ranked this high. Um, and, of course, you know, Iowa State's making some noise. I mean, it's just real. The, the Big 12 is going to be really fascinating. Now, people will talk about the SEC, and the SEC's great. I mean, there's usually about two or three teams that are really going to dominate, but I feel like the Big 12 is really going to be a dogfight throughout the season. Um, let's move over to this past Sunday, number 21 at Florida State over number 11 Virginia Tech. That was a big upset, 80, 89-81. Auburn, they took down number 7 LSU at home, 67-62. Number 9 USC over number 2 UCLA, 73-65. Let's go to last night's action. Villanova takes down number 22, Marquette, 66-63. Texas Tech, they took down number 24, Iowa State. So there you go. There's that, you know, that back and forth that's happening in the, in the Big 12, 71-63. Now, Kansas State, they won a game over Texas Christian. Unfortunately, it was due to forfeit. TCU is now down to six scholarship players. I just saw a tweet today that they're doing a, a, a cattle call to get out uh, players, to walk on players, so doing trials for walk on players. Um, point guard Jaden Owens, she's out for the season, and I think that is the end of her college career. She's a fifth-year grad student. She had a knee injury. And then freshman Deja Turner is out with an ankle. She's having a season-ending surgery in her ankle. So Texas Christian is really struggling. We know that um, Sedona Prince is hurt. So, I mean, uh, all the best of them getting healthy. Uh, hopefully they can get healthy, hopefully in enough time or get some players to where they can continue their season. They're really having a good season. I mean, they were really on a tear uh, until all these things kind of came about. Let's go through the schedule for the weekend. Friday, so number five, UCLA heads to Boulder to take on number three, Colorado, 8 p.m. on Pac-12. Number six, USC heads to Salt Lake to take on Utah, 9 p.m. Check your local listings, probably Pac-12. And then we mentioned Oregon visits the farm to take on number eight, Stanford, 10 p.m., Pac-12 after dark on Pac-12 Network. Saturday, the Sunflower Showdown, Kansas heads to the Little Apple, Manhattan to take on number seven, Kansas State, 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Sunday is for the ladies. Number two, Iowa at number 18, Ohio State, noon on NBC. Number 13, Louisville heads to Chapel Hill to take on number 23, North Carolina, 2 p.m. on ACC Network. And then number six, USC, they go to Boulder to take on number three, Colorado, 3 p.m. on Pac-12. Let's move over to the AP Top 10 for the men for Week 11. UConn gets their first number one ranking since 2009. They are currently, on 2009, they are currently 16-2. and two. They get 39 first-place votes. They move up three spots. Down the spot, number two, Purdue, 20 first-place votes. Kansas gets three first-place votes and holds at three. North Carolina moves up three spots to one and one first-place vote. Houston drops three spots to number five. Houston lost two straight games in Big 12 action. Six through 10. Number uh, six, Tennessee, they move down a spot. Duke up four to seven. Kentucky down two to eight. Baylor up five to nine. And Memphis up three to ten. Penny Hardaway's got a really good Memphis team. Those guys ball out. They shoot the three. They get in transition. Defensively, they are annoying as hell. They have a really good team. I think Penny Hardaway has found the sweet spot with this Memphis team in the American. Into the poll this week. And up number up seven spots, the biggest mover, Texas Christian at number 19, down six spots this week, Oklahoma and Marquette. Oklahoma drops to 15, Marquette drops to 17. 
into the poll this week, Texas Tech, they move up a spot to 25. Also in Dayton, Ole Miss, and Iowa State. Out of the poll this week, Colorado State, San Diego State, Clemson, Texas, and Gonzaga. Gonzaga is out of the poll for the first time in eight years. Let's look at the men's action from the past week. Kansas State over number nine, Baylor, 68-64 in overtime. Penn State took down then number 11, Wisconsin, 87-83. New Mexico over number 16, Utah State, 99-86. Cincinnati took down number 19, Texas Christian, 81-77 in overtime. Last night, LSU takes down number 22, Ole Miss, 89-80. Let's look at the action for the weekend. So really not much going on for the weekend. On the men's side, on Saturday, we've got two Big 12 games and one SEC game of note. 2 p.m. ESPNU, number 24, Iowa State, heads to uh, TCU, 19th ranked TCU. Uh, 6 p.m. ESPN2, number 20, BYU, heads to Waco to take on number 26, Texas, uh, 25, Texas Tech. Um, uh, Not Waco. Anyway, um, 8.30 ESPN Network, uh, SEC Network, rather. Number 22, Ole Miss at number 13, Auburn. So that's really the extent of the the ranked action for the week. Lots of conference matchups going on, but still good matchups, uh, ranked matchups. Uh, lastly for today, the Australian Open. So we're moving into the end of the first week of the tournament. Uh, we're just going to go through who's kind of been dropped this week. So on the men's side of note, number 17, 17th seeded Francis Tiafo is out. On the ladies' side, 16-seeded Caroline Garcia, 7-seeded Marketa Vondrusova, 6-seeded Ans Habur, 5th-seeded Jessica, Jessica Pagula, rather, and number 8-seed Maria Sakari. All these seeds are out of the tournament. It's early. Um, big match coming up for Coco Golf. Uh, we'll kind of wrap up the first week of the Australian Open next week. With that, that's all I got for you. This is a kind of a quick twirl and look at the world of sports you know we're in that quiet period you know basketball's ramping up but we'll get to some more stuff next week we'll talk some nfl we'll wrap up some things we'll kind of get back on to some things that we missed today but until i talk to you again make sure that you first have a nice weekend uh i won't talk to you tomorrow if you're getting snow enjoy it i guess yay um but of course uh Remember to uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C, L-E underscore D-U-B. Uh, please like the show, suggest the show, share with a friend, rate, subscribe, give me a five-star rating if you can. Follow me on Spotify uh, or you know, follow the show on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. Follow the show, email the show if you have questions or comments, the sh- uh, emails in the show notes. Until I talk to you again, make sure you continue to mask up. Uh, to protect yourself, get your flu shot, your COVID vaccine, and also remember to drink your water and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.